I have two things that I want to tell you, Callie, and I want to tell you during the podcast because I'm genuinely curious about one. And the other one I think you're going to be excited about, and I really want to get your genuine reaction. Okay. But you I have no ha- idea what you're going to say. No, you have to pick the order of the two things. One of them is something that I think you'll find exciting, a life change that has occurred within me that I think you're going to be very proud of. And the second one is something that you have done that is so confusing to me, I don't understand it at all. So which do you want to do first? Oh, the confusing one. The confusing you, why I think you're confusing? Yeah. All right. That is what we will do first. Living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to the Upside Podcast with Callie and Jeff. Jeff has two things to tell me today, and I'm not really sure what they are. I'm a little nervous. One thing is a change that he's made in his life that he thinks I'm going to be excited about. And one is something that I've done that he finds confusing. And since I always want the bad first, because I won't be able to concentrate on this the good one until you've told me the bad one. So lay it on me. All right. Here's my question for you. Uh, And we have to talk about, and this might get uncomfortable, um, but we have to talk about your addiction. We have to talk about your addiction to throw pillows. Oh, (laughs) I love pillows. I do. I love pillows. And it's not so much that I need a mass quantity of them. Yes, it is. No, 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 no. It's that I, because I think the quantities that I have are reasonable. It's that I change my mind on what I like and I want to walk into a room and I want the pillows in the room to give me a certain kind of feeling. And up until recently, I just hadn't gotten that feeling yet. But you don't get that kind of feeling. Like, here's what you need to know about our, is it the living room or the den? What is the name of the room where we hang out and watch TV? That's the den. Okay, the den, which is the room where we hang out and watch TV. We have uh, two Full sofas in there, couches. They're so comfortable. Uh, And we have a TV, of course. We have picture frames on the wall. Not 12 of them. 12 picture frames that do not have pictures in them. Baby, whose job was it to fill, whose unemployed job was it to fill those picture frames? And we have, I'm ignoring that. We have probably a dozen throw pillows and they have changed fairly regularly. I just think they're not necessary for the sofa is necessary for the comfort of the room. The TV is necessary for the practicality of the room. The pictures that, yes, I need to get to those is is good for the design of the room. What are throw pillows for? Okay, so remember how when we started dating, when we got engaged, you told me that when we owned our house in South Carolina, our lake house, that I could start making little improvements. Remember that? Yeah, I and yes. then And then you walked in one day and you said, this really feels like home to me. And I haven't had this feeling since I've owned this house and I love it so much. And I love being here and it's so comfortable and so welcoming. Do you remember that? Yes. Right. Okay. So I am trying to get that vibe in our living room and it, the pillows have a lot to do with it. It ties it all together. Okay. So you're trying to give a good vibe in our den, not living room, the den in the den. 
you're not trying to keep home goods in business. That's correct. Okay. Because you would think that you are running a home goods charity based no, on the number of no, throw pillows. No, it's not that bad. Oh, let's, you know what? You know who's suffering? Home goods. Let's go buy some throw pillows and keep them afloat. Hey, they're not home goods. One of them is actually from a small local business that I love. Okay. And one of them, a couple of them are from Target. So That's a bold move if you open a throw pillow business. It's not a throw pillow business. It's like a decor oh, okay. business and they sell throw pillows. And I'll do a little plug there because I love them. It's room422.com. And they actually, their entire business is Furnishing, you know, those fancy dorm rooms that are so trendy right now. Oh. Like you don't just go to college and buy a bag in a, what is it? A bed, bed in a bag in a bag. We're not apparently doing that anymore. The trendy Instagram thing to do is to like have a fully decorated organ. Like it of looks course. like not, it looks nicer than like my parents' house. One of our friends, uh, daughters is off to college for the first time. She's going to UGA and, posted a picture of her room, her dorm room. Mm -hmm. And I thought, my God, that dorm room is better decorated than the first six places I lived in my entire oh, life. Oh, for sure. It's totally a thing now. And these women started this business to do that, but they also sell things. They go through king sizes. So their target demo is teenagers, you going, know, going off to college or yeah. their first apartment. Yeah. But they have really cool stuff that's competitively priced. And I really love it. So room422.com if you want to if you want to look at their business i think it's fantastic all right well here's what is confusing me about your whole throw pillow thing i every morning or every night before i go to bed uh, this is a, an unemployment perk i make a sweep through the house to make sure it's tidy and one of the things that i do is i straighten up the throw pillows on the bed and I do the karate chop thing because I know that's important to you. Or not the bed, the couches. Well, I've noticed that there aren't pairs of throw pillows. So in each corner of the couch, there are two throw pillows, a larger one that goes in the back and a smaller one that goes in the front. Well, one of the pairs is messed up and part of them is in the guest room. Yeah, because apparently it's not cool. We're not perfectly pairing things anymore. We're not. Okay. So... Yeah, um, we have pillows and some of them, but we needed pillows in the guest room. It really, anyway, so. it, I will tell you the other night you had gone to bed and it had caused me anguish. You know, it caused me a little bit of like, I was super thrown off, but November interiors who helped us decorate this house, they said to me, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't need to evenly do that anymore. So I think it's different on beds because beds need to look semi-symmetrical, but Couches don't. And I think it looks good. Okay. And so the pillows are covered. The second thing that uh, we need to address is I think this year for Labor Day, we should go on a road trip. Where do you want to go? To the beach. I think we should get in the car and drive to the beach. Jeff gets really excited. Now that we've made it through our first road trip, he, he wanted to do one when we were the week we were launching the upside. And he was like, should we go out of town this week? Since you have the whole week off. I'm like, uh, Jeff, we're launching a brand this week. So we can't, um, we have work to do, but yeah, I'm totally down going to the beach. I have looked at, um, going back to Amelia Island. Cause we had a great time there for what was it? Fourth of July. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then I also looked at Hilton head. I've only been to Hilton head once. Oh, I used to go there every summer. And is Hilton Head close to 
Charleston or Savannah or somewhere else. No. Myrtle Beach? Because I remember going to Hilton Head, but doing it just as like a day trip from somewhere else. Like I was somewhere. Oh, got it. And so I've never spent the night in Hilton Head or any of those places. We used to go there every summer. We would stay in this because it's funny the way that Hilton Head is kind of divided up into they're not neighborhoods, but they kind of are. So we stayed in this part called Sea Pines uh-huh. and um, our family friend had a home there. So we would go there for a week every summer, the girls, my mom, my sister, me, and we would go with her best friend and her daughter, who's also my age. So I have been going there. You can bike everywhere. It's got kind of an Amelia Island vibe, but I think it's a little more, um, it's bigger, I think at is least it, it feels bigger, but I also haven't been there since I was 15. So maybe I'm just remembering. Is it big. fancier too? Is Hilton head for some reason, Hilton head in my head is uh, fancy. No, I don't. I think it's the same as okay. Amelia. All right. Well, um, so I've looked at Hilton head and Amelia Island so far, um, but I'm going to keep researching. I'm very excited though, at the thought of finding a, a road trip destination. I'm so proud of you for being into road trips. This is a new adventure in our relationship. I'm growing and learning and I'm becoming better. I'm so proud. All right. So the upside, as you know, is all about gratitude. We, we actually have a motto, if you will. We do. The upside means living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience and helping other people do the same. And there could be an argument made. I have had this argument internally quite a bit lately that some situations don't have an upside. And Stephen Colbert was being interviewed by Anderson Cooper on CNN and Anderson asked Stephen about a quote that he made related to loss and grief, a situation where, especially if somebody passes away too young or from an accident or something, you you can argue that there would be no upside to that situation, right? Mm -hmm. That's not Stephen Colbert's philosophy. He believes that you have to be grateful for your loss. And it's pretty powerful. You have learned to, in your words, love the thing that I most wish had not happened. Um, you went on to say, what punishments of God are not gifts? Do you really believe that? Yes. It's a gift to exist. It's a gift to exist. And with existence comes suffering. There's no escaping that. I didn't learn it that I was grateful for the thing I most wish hadn't happened is that I realized it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's an odd, oddly guilty feeling. You it, don't, it doesn't mean you I don't want, I don't want it to have happened. I want it to not have happened. Right. So he says that you have to actually be grateful for the ability, for the, for the fact that you love something so much that you're mourning its loss. And it's, he's speaking to Anderson Cooper, who, if you don't follow these people online or don't really haven't seen it in the news, Anderson Cooper recently lost his mother, Gloria Vanderbilt. Um, and she was famous, right? She's a fashion icon. She was, yeah, she's a lot of things, but she's very well known, very famous. Um, she's a Vanderbilt, obviously, and had 
an incredible life. And, um, and he she just di- lost her. And she died just a few months ago, which is why he was choking up. Yeah. I mean, it was, that was almost hard. I almost started cho- when Anderson was choking up and that I was like feeling it for sure. Here's um, Steven explaining a little bit more to Anderson Cooper about being grateful for loss. If you are grateful for your life, which I think is a positive thing to do, um, yeah. not everybody is, right. and not, I'm not always, um, but it's the most positive thing to do, then you have to be grateful for all of it. It's, you can't pick mm. and choose what you're grateful for. That's so, such an amazing perspective that I wouldn't have thought about. I hadn't thought about that at all before I heard that interview, which by the way is just incredible. Um, but I think, I think he's right. Like you would think that, yeah, the, the, do you think he's right? A hundred percent. Because if, if you're going to follow the mission of, of the upside, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like trying to be positive in even the darkest of situations, you have to find the upside of, loss and they go on the conversation the interview continues and they start talking about empathy and how when you experience loss it gives you a way to connect with other people who've experienced loss Mm -hmm. and and then they go on to talk about celebrating life and celebration and all this like what truly is the upside of loss. And Stephen Colbert, I did not know this, but he had uh, two brothers. He's one of, I think, 11 kids. Oh, wow. And he had two brothers and his dad die when he was, I think, nine. So he's reporting on this from the front lines. Mm -hmm. Like he's experienced it. And so if you can take a loss that has been given to you, especially a sudden one or one that, that... you can argue is not deserved, you know, a young person or Mm -hmm. something like that. If you could take that and find even a tiny bit of comfort in the fact that you were so connected to that person that you're sad they're gone, that then you're grateful for, yeah, I'll never be able to say it, say it poignantly as he did. But I think that goes into any sort of loss and what I've learned about grief, because if, if you haven't listened to, or you haven't, you, you're new to us. We, uh, were pregnant last November and then lost our baby's heartbeat in January. So that was a really super significant loss that I didn't really know how to grieve because I didn't have memories with that baby. We didn't get to hold that baby and whatever. So I've been thinking a lot about grief this year and that, that, Bonded. I mean, that sparked the grief, but I think there's also grief of, I think you've been experiencing grief. I think you've, you've dealt with a lot of grief in your life really over the past six or seven months. I think grief has been a prominent part of your life. And I think something that's been hard for you because, because I can see it was a part of my life that I didn't read, but I didn't realize what it was at the time. I'm just starting. I didn't realize that it, it, I wasn't able to identify grief or um, emotions connected to loss until just the past year or two in therapy. But what are you like to me? It was just I just grew up and became an adult just with the thoughts of like, oh, that's you just that's just what life deals. You just 
like you don't process the emotion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the like I have uh, it's like Irish friends who joke that they de- I like Irish families. The reason Irish families are so big is because they don't have time for grieving. So they just have a million <laughs> kids and they go gone and they move on and they got somebody they can't grieve because there's somebody's birthday. Or so I can't remember what the little saying was, but I remember somebody saying that to me once and not knowing what it meant because I just didn't never processed. Like it's just, it was just a thing that just happened. So are you grateful for the things that you feel like you've lost in your life? I am not there yet. Here's (laughs) yeah. I've just now realized what grief was seriously the past year or two. And I think I've just discovered it. It's a really complex because it's an emotion It's something that sticks with you your entire life. And it's not always even about someone passing or it's kind of about dealing with emotion, in my opinion. And I think grief is kind of up for interpretation, but it has been interesting also because part of grief, I think, in the way that I see it is finding the upsides and being grateful, like Stephen Colbert was saying, being grateful for even the things that are really painful because they give you something. There is there is something that you get out of everything that happens to you or around you or everything that hurts you or every pain that you experience. And it's been interesting in a real life moment. Um, Jeff hasn't gotten to the upside part of his job loss yet. He's not there. And I've been trying to help. That, nope. That's, that's a, it's an inaccurate statement. I would hit the wrong buzzer, but I'm not sure which one it is. <laughs> and it would be really inappropriate <laughs> to hit the wrong. There you yes. go. It's an inappropriate statement because I know what the upside of the job loss was. It's this right here. It's being able right. to create this, this Callie and, and Jeff umbrella of goodness in the world. I know what that was. I know what the upside of the time that I spent at my last job at Star was. What I have been unable to find the upside to is the way that I was treated by somebody who I thought was one of my best friends. I've been unable to find an upside to that, which is why I've been struggling at how to deliver on my promise to share that side of the story. And when you, just so you get an idea of kind of what we've been going through over here, I mean, we've recorded what we both want to say probably four or five times. And we just, then there's a whole other wave of grief. Cause I think that you were grieving your friendship 100%. and the loss of your friendship with Jen. And I don't think, you know, even really, you haven't finished processing that. So we kind of said, okay, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's move on all this stuff. And Jeff hasn't been able to find the upside. And, and I have an idea cause I've processed it as to what the upsides for you are, but it's been really hard watching Jeff process this. I mean, I think people think, Hey, it's just words, just Sam. Well, I thought I had processed it and 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 knew what I was going to say and how I was going to address it. But then once I started talking, the it it the the emotion changed. And I know that there's like stages of grief and all all this stuff. Uh, and and I also know that there's probably people listening to this going, "Oh my gosh, stop being so dramatic about mm-hmm. you know what I mean." Um, but if you have ever been wholly betrayed by
by a friend or a person you trust, then I think you'll be able to appreciate your pain, what I'm not just the the journey, because it's confusing. It is so confusing. So you heard last night, I was standing in the living room. I think Callie was trying to go to bed and I was yelling at her. He was yelling. Well, here's the, here's the, not at at me, but he was yelling and I was standing there because he. And not yelling like, "Ah," but I was like passionate. Like my hit, my emotions had started one way in the morning. And by the end of the day, I was just mad. Well, what happened was we said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to talk about everything on Wednesday. And that was actually Jeff's declaration, not mine. Cause I was trying to be responsible of it being a lot of his story and he recorded it and he sent it to me and he's like, what do you think? And I cried and it was really emotional. And then I got home and I'm like, okay, so we're going to put, and he walks in the room randomly and he had been kind of in a bad mood all day. And I was like, Jeff, what is wrong with you? And he was like, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling insecure, all of these things. And he walks into the living room last night. I'm laying on the couch and he just starts yelling. He's like, I'm not doing that. I'm, and he switched into mad. Like he went from being really, really sad and then switched into super pissed off. But it's all about the same thing. Your viewpoints on it haven't changed. It's just hard for you to process. And I think part of your struggle is like, well, which part of the grief is is how I really feel? Like, which grief do I believe? Which grief, you know, do yeah. I express and because if you are suffering any sort of grief or un or I would even say or what you perceive to be an unfair loss, mm-hmm. right? I think it goes in waves. Like I've read a few, just like I haven't read any books or anything like that, but I've stumbled across like when I was trying to find my words to express properly, like these essays that people have written about. about this unexpected, this, this unfair loss Mm -hmm. type of thing. And there's a name for it. I can't think of what it is, but there's a name for it. And it, where it is just an emotional roller coaster because you go from acceptance to understanding to, to anger, to back to acceptance, back to sympathy for the other person, Mm -hmm. which then results in anger because you're like, why am I feeling bad for, you know, this person? So anyways, uh, it's still a work in progress and I am aware of the promise that I made and I will honor that promise, but I just don't know when it will be. And I think that's fair. And I'm really proud of you because I think that the fact that you're even acknowledging how hurt you are is a huge step from the guy who has never processed grief his entire life. Like yeah. that's a testament to all the work that you've done to be able to even identify. Cause I feel like Jeff 10 years ago would have been like, yeah, whatever, moving on. Like, And, and I want to make it clear too. And I know that we're getting off topic of, you know, the original thing, but I do want to make something very clear. There are two separate issues that, that have to be dealt with that I get asked about. And, or there, there's one issue losing my job, getting fired Mm -hmm. that I get asked about, but in my head, that's two, that's split up into two very different things. One of them is the fact that I got fired and I can address that very easily right now. Ratings. Mm-hmm. I was told uh, in December of last year that we had some really, really aggressive ratings goals and they would be really difficult to attain. But I was told that I had six months to get to them and the company was 
did not have to tell me that. They did, though. They were fair. They were honest. They were upfront. It's a business. It's a business. And I understand that. When When you come in to do a show like that, you realize that putting your name on the show also puts a target on your back, right? And so Mm -hmm. if you succeed, you're the hero. If you don't succeed, you're the first one executed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was aware of that. I appreciated the conversation that we had in December. I knew what was on the table. And and then when I left in in May, when I got fired and I was sitting in the room with, with my boss and my boss's boss, I shook both of their hands and said, I understand. I I apologized to them for not being able to deliver the ratings they needed mm-hmm. and the ratings, quite frankly, that that radio station deserves. That's a legendary radio station. Right. Star 94.1. That is a legendary radio station and it deserves better than I was able to bring it. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. I'm not. And I, that part you're over. You're I'm like, 100% you know over. The company was great. Mm-hmm. The pro- Everything was professional. It Everything. I've it's just part of the deal. It's part of life. It part just of the happens in business. It's just a thing. Part part of the business. And so I'm very aware of that. The the second part of it, though, that I'm really, really processing is between the way that I was treated by someone that I consider to be my best friend, one of my best friends. And I don't have a lot of friends, which is another thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a lot Jeff of close friends. Jeff doesn't open up to a lot of people. And there was somebody that I trusted about as much as I trust anybody on the planet who treated me so horribly in the times in, in, yeah. And that's what I'm having a hard time with. The unnecessary, horrible treatment. Like, I- for that's what I'm struggling with. And I think I am coming close to realizing that I'll never be able to explain it. Like, I'll never know what the motivation was for that. Mm-hmm. But I am, yeah. So anyways, that's what I'm working through with that. Do you want me to say what I want to say or do you want to move on to the next topic and we'll no, we really get no, into this? We'll, we'll have to get into it again. Okay. But, but I did think it's important to bring that up because I did – I do. I hate the fact that radio stations make personnel changes and then you just never hear from the person mm-hmm. again. Like they're gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I've always thought that was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I put some of that responsibility on, on radio talent who goes off the deep end and takes it very personally when they get fired. And mm-hmm. I understand that the radio stations have to take precautions. Mm-hmm. I wish it was different. And I wish even when somebody got fired, that they were allowed to go in and say, hey, uh, I got fired and it sucks mm-hmm. and I think I'll be able to find another job. I hope so. Root for me, blah, blah, blah. But that's not how it works. So uh, I feel like I'm all over the place. It's okay. You're making but, sense. But what I want to say is for for 15 years, since 2001, I've been on the air in Atlanta and so many of you, literally thousands of you were so dedicated and and – so uh, that's the dumb word. We're so excited about this podcast and invested in me that you have come over and you listen to this every day. I feel that I owe you that explanation and I will deliver it. I just be patient because I'm sorting it out. 
Yeah. And I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. It's, it's really not. Yeah. Cause it doesn't even, I mean, I think what you have to say doesn't even really fit in with the upside. It's just something that you want to say to the people that want to know what happened, you know, and how you feel about it. And I, you know, Jeff has been, has said that he doesn't see an upside. And one of the upsides is that to me, that the, through this horrible thing that happened to you, people have come out and gone out of their way to make you know how loved and supported that you are. And that's something that people don't get in their, in their life. People get that when they die and everyone talks about them. And I feel like, you know, I got to get my eulogy while I was alive. He did, but you're, you know, you got to hear that from people and I think it's really amazing. And, um, so when you are ready to share, then we will all be, um, ready to hear what you have to say. And I'm proud of you and keep working through it. And, you know, good job for not just taking a microphone and spewing anger back at someone that spewed anger at you. I'm proud of you. Uh, all right. And uh, totally unrelated, we have wine glasses for sale. <laughs> I need some wine. What time is it? Is it? What time? Is, oh, gosh. Wow. Okay. So we have wine glasses and we, um, they're dishwasher safe, which I love. They say on them, on the upside, there's wine. So I know we have a little live PD and wine party kind of unintentionally every Friday night. But if you love wine, they'll make great holiday gifts. They are up for pre-sale right now. And you can go to the link in my bio of Instagram at Cali Dollar to go snag your pre-sale wine glass. I can, can I make a suggestion? Sure. Maybe I should say this off the air, but I don't think we should say that they're up for pre-sale because I think that is confusing. Okay. So do you want me to start that all over again? No, I, we're going to keep, I'm not going to edit this. I'm not going to have time. So oh, okay. I'm just saying, that's why I'm saying like. Yeah, they're for sale on our, on our right. website. And the link to our merchandise store is on my Instagram but page. But what we're going to do is like when Callie says they're up for pre-sale, basically what that means is, and because we're not rich or a, a, a multi-million billion dollar media conglomerate, we're not buying 100 cases of wine and crossing our fingers or wine glasses and crossing our fingers that we sell them. You we just can't do that right now, to be totally honest. Yeah. We can't afford it. We're selling the wine glasses. And then at the end of the sale, mm -hmm. we put the order in and then they get shipped right from the manufacturer. So what it means to you is that you're not going to get them in two days. Right. You're going to get, gonna them, get them in three weeks. You're so, going to get them in a couple of weeks, but it's not a pre-sale. You're still, it's a sale right, sale. It's a sale. And um, speaking of which, the weaponized hamster shirts are are shipping out in a couple of days. So if you ordered oh, one so cool. of those, which were truly a pre-sale, because I don't think we're bringing those back. Um they will be shipping out early next week. Somebody had a suggestion that like every quarter, like every three months, the the upside community should vote on. Oh, we could do this in our new Facebook group. Should vote on and create a band t-shirt, a fictitious, fic Ficti fictional band t-shirt and launch it. I'm so into it. I'm so into it. Who doesn't love a great fake band name? Um, and the Facebook group that Jeff is talking about, we have been saying that we want an upside community. You heard it yesterday. So just a reminder, there is a Facebook group and you can go there, facebook.com slash groups slash Callie and Jeff, or you can search for the upside with Callie and Jeff on Facebook. And we have a closed group of people who want more. They want to see, see things that inspire them. They want to talk to other people. They want to meet others. And we're building that community there. And it's closed just because I just, we just, it's our house. We it's have a, house rules. We don't need haters in there. Only people that want positivity. It's a troll free zone. zone. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so we have to talk about the Enneagram, Enneagram, Enneagram uh, numbers because we have both taken our test. Tomorrow we've got an Enneagram expert joining us. Her name is Sarah Jane Case, and she's going to talk to us all about our numbers. Um, we got to do that in a second, but we're running late on this. This episode is running so long, but I just got an email and I kind of want to play this right now because I have everything hooked up. Okay. Do you remember on the episode a couple days ago, the promise that I made to the dude from the podcast convention? Yeah. He was worried that we were all just hype and that all of our listeners were going to be. We were going to plateau and we wouldn't be able to reach any new people. I said to him, we can double our audience by the end of the year. I promise. He said, all right, keep me posted on that. So now we have to deliver. Oh, I know what you're going to, I know what you're going to be. I know what you're about to do. <laughs> hey, a uh, radio buddy of mine reached out and said, you guys for this campaign, you definitely need a jingle. Oh, we totally need a jingle. So I have... Just got an email with our jingle made by this person. Oh, my gosh. I have not heard it. I think I can play it right off my phone. <laughs> okay, let's do shall it. We, shall we listen let's together? See what they got. <laughs> okay, shall we, shall we listen together to this upside new jingle about doubling the audience? All right. All right, cross your fingers. I know how to do this. Here we go. Double the upside, double the upside, Gotta double the upside by the end of the year. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> no, it's not. It's great. It's not great. It makes me want to like, it's like a cat. <laughs> and no. It's like a what? It's, it's no, no, you know, that hurts my ears. No, it doesn't. It, it really it's so catchy. It's not catchy. It's hurtful. Double the upside, double the upside, Gotta double the upside by the end of the year. <laughs> That's so, so catchy. It's so you are gonna be, you're gonna be singing that. Like later tonight, you're gonna be sitting around. You're gonna find yourself going. Double the upside, double the upside, Gotta double the upside by the end of the year. You know why I don't think I like it? Why? <laughs> because to me, it sounds like stress because that is just a reminder that you made a promise to an executive that we have to follow what we have to follow through with uh, within the next what four months, three or four months. Oh God! What do we have to follow through with? You're gonna do it again, aren't you? Double the upside, double the upside, Gotta double the upside by the end of the year. Yeah. And then every week we'll give audience updates. You know how there's like a Pavlov's dog, the the Pavlov's dog thing where they, they you know, the dog uh -huh. salivate. Yeah. That to me, that song, every time you play it is going to induce my stress that we're under a deadline. Double the upside, double the upside, double the upside by the end of the year. Tomorrow morning on the episode, or tomorrow on the episode, uh, we are going to find out exactly why we are eventually going to get divorced. That is not very upsidey. We, uh, <laughs> Callie and I each took the Enneagram test. We took the one, it's called Integrative Nine, and um, there's a million of them out there. Some are free, some are very expensive. 
the one that we took cost $60 and it was recommended to us by a woman named Sarah Jane Case. And she's actually going to be part of the podcast tomorrow because we are going to reveal our numbers to her and then she's going to talk to us about what they mean and and what they mean in terms of compatibility did you take your test i did and i felt like an odd amount of pressure did you yeah because the questions are all in the vein of like would you rather so it gives like a one sentence situation and then you have to rate your your feelings on it as like most likely or definitely not. So, it, you know, it says something like if you're in an argument with your boss, you will defend your position passionately up to the point of maybe losing your job. <laughs> and then you have to choose between most likely, somewhat likely, blah, 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 all the way down to like never going to happen. And the problem that I have is I'm analytical. So I'm thinking, well, what are we arguing about? Um, well, I wonder if that's part of your number. If, like, I'm like, I wonder uh, if this is just a fight over something simple or if like I'm being accused of, of stealing from the company and I need to defend my honor. Yeah. Uh, did you look down the list of numbers and pick out which one you think I am? I did. Okay. okay. Do you want me to say what I think you are? Yeah. And I read them all pretty thoroughly, and then I went back, and I was pulled to one number for you. All right. Um, I think you're a five. You think I am a five, which according to uh, Integrative in Nine, uh -huh. okay, is the quiet specialist. Fives are private individuals with an active mental life, observing and exploring how the world works. They struggle to share thoughts and feelings and may seem socially awkward or disinterested. At lower integration, fives may be withdrawn, antagonistic, and aggressively defend their isolation. At higher integration, they are intellectual pioneers, bringing their perceptive wisdom unselfconsciously. That was um, a little bit of a dramatic reading. That was a dramatic reading of a five. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to tell you what You're I You're not going to tell me? I'll tell you tomorrow when we have Sarah Jane on with us. Okay. That's such a tease. I thought you were uh, I thought you were a nine. You thought I was a nine. A nine. You know what? A lot of people on our Instagram said that I was a nine. Okay. Nine is adaptive peacemaker. Nines are diplomatic and attuned to the idea of ideas of others, often as facilitators or mediators in groups. They form the glue between the people with their friendly, grounding, and stable demeanor. They struggle to connect to their own point of view or say no and often avoid all conflict. At high integration, they are independent and self-respecting, acting with self-awareness and autonomy. One of the one of the things that drew me to the number nine for you is the avoid all conflict because you are for the most part pretty chill mm -hmm. until there is a potential conflict and you lock up like I like do. you physically like your shoulders lock up you become like like a flat Stanley. Well, it depends on what the situation is. I get that way with people I don't know very well, but I have no problem telling people that I know how I feel. You know what I mean? Well, so I don't, I, I don't avoid that kind of conflict. I've seen you in work situations, not not your current job, but your your previous job. 
I've been at events like backstage mm-hmm. and I've seen you come to the defense of your artists, like guys who are in the band who, you know, but like, um, I, for, I don't remember what the circumstances was or were, but there, there was a, a, one of the guys or a couple of the guys from sticks, like in a room, maybe they were warming up or cooling down or whatever. Mm-hmm. And somebody was insistent about, about going in there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, not right now. Like they need 10, they, maybe they were, right. t- they might've been taking a meeting, whatever yeah. it was, somebody important was trying to get in there. And you were like, no, cause, yeah. cause the guys who employ me. Right. Wanted some alone time. And I, I actually remember that was like early when we were dating and I was like, Ooh, I didn't know she had that in her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So you think I'm a, I think you're a five, the quiet specialist. I think you are nine, the adaptive peacemaker tomorrow morning, tomorrow. I got to get out of the habit of saying that tomorrow on the, on next, the ep- next episode of the upside, <laughs> on the next episode of the upside podcast with morning, Callie and Jeff morning show habits, die hard. Uh, on the next episode, Sarah Jane Case of Enneagram and Coffee. And by the way, if you're even remotely interested a little bit in Enneagram stuff, uh, check out her Instagram page. She, but prepare to go down the rabbit hole oh, because wow. I the first time I went to her account, I w- did not realize that like 90 minutes had passed because I was so entranced with her account. I'm like, oh. Yeah, gra- truly grab a cup of coffee and go to her account on Instagram, Enneagram and coffee and learn all about it. And tomorrow on the upside, we will dive down the rabbit hole of our respective numbers and we'll reveal our numbers to each other. Thank you for listening to The Upside Podcast with Callie and Jeff. Please make sure you subscribed so you never miss an episode of The Upside. Was there any one of the nine Enneagram numbers that you actually would have been insulted if I picked for you? Because um, there were a couple for me. What What would you have been offended by? Like if you, if I was a strict perfectionist, I would have been mad. That's number one. Oh, but- Not because there's anything wrong with but that's just not who you are, I, and it's not like what you. The other one that would have made me mad would have been eight active controller. <laughs> but why would it have made you mad? You know what's funny? Were you when you were? Did you read the whole report they sent you? Not yet. Okay, because there's a point in here, in the report that they send you, where they tell you what your weaknesses are, and I was. <laughs> reading through my weaknesses, getting so defensive because I'm like, how dare they say that I am that way. But then I, the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, I am kind of that way. But it really bothers me. I'm really bothered by my weaknesses. Well, we'll dig into those deep on tomorrow's episode of The Upside. <laughs>